0: This is our third session on Ephesians 5, 1-2, and we see this time
1: a great glory and a great mystery, all of it, in this phrase right here, or this part of the verse. Therefore, be imitators of God as loved children, and walk in love as Christ
0: loved us, and gave himself up for us, and then specifically, he gave himself up for us as a fragrant
1: offering and a sacrifice to God. O God, the giving of Jesus by the Father and from himself as a
0: fragrant offering and as a sacrifice is the greatest event in the history of the world. Grant us to understand some measure of it now for our soul, to love Christ more, to be more confident in Him, to serve
1: Him more faithfully, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take this first. When Jesus offered up,
0: He gave Himself up for us, it was to be understood as a sacrifice to God. In other words, the Old Testament sacrifices were now coming to an end because one final decisive sacrifice to God, like all those bulls and goats had been sacrificed to God, now one sacrifice to God is made to end all others. For example, here in Hebrews 7.27, Jesus has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily, first for his own sins, and then for the people. He doesn't have any sins since he did this once for all when he offered up himself. So the self-sacrifice of Jesus is the final decisive sacrifice that ends the Old Testament system. Or again in Hebrews 10, every priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. They can only point to the one final sacrifice and then God mercifully forgave his people in the Old Testament as they looked away to the coming Messiah. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemy should be made a footstool for his feet, for by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. So this offering here is the single, once-for-all, final sacrifice of Jesus to the Father, ending all sacrifices, because by this sacrifice all who believe are accepted, forgiven, and cleansed. Here in John 10:17 10, 10, it says for this reason the father loves me because i lay down my life that i may take it up again the father loved the son for many reasons but among them was he's going to obediently lay down his life and that moves us now to fragrant offering this, this sacrifice to God was fragrant. It was fragrant to God. God loved the Son for the Son's obedience in offering himself. It was, it was a fragrant offering, not just a sacrifice. Here again is God's pleasure at the obedience of the Son in Philippians 2. So the Son, Jesus being found in human form, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. All the way, even death on a cross, therefore, that's hugely important, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him a name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So this therefore shows that this obedience was perfect in God's eyes, and he rewarded it with a great exaltation. Or here again, in Isaiah 53, he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord, God, has laid on him the iniquity of us all. In verse 10. Yet it was the will of the Lord, the good pleasure of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. In other words, the sacrifice of Jesus was
1: the Lord's doing. The Lord has put him forward to death. This phrase, fragrant offering,
0: is used one other place in uh, Paul's writings, indeed in the whole New Testament. And it's right here in Philippians 4. Paul says, I have received full payment. So he had received gifts from the church to support his ministry and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. And he calls them A fragrant offering. And the only reason I point that out here, which is the exact phrase from back in chapter 5, verse 2 of Ephesians, is that he continues a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing. I'm just making explicit the fact that fragrant implies pleasing. God is pleased by the sacrifice of Christ. So when he beholds, Christ, totally obedient unto the end,
1: and sacrificing himself, he is pleased by it. Now, here's the problem. I'm sharing this
0: largely to get at this problem, which reveals the mystery I mentioned at the beginning. Isn't it the case that we ordinarily picture Jesus in his dying as coming under the wrath of God? Yes yes he bore our wrath he bore our punishment he bore our condemnation galatians 3:13 christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree when christ died god cursed jesus god put our curse on Jesus so that he became a curse for us
1: that is the height of god's displeasure or here it is in romans 8:3 god has
0: done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh whose flesh Christ's flesh, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He condemned sin. Whose sin? Our sin. Not Christ. Christ had no sin, but Christ came under God's condemnation. That's why we can say there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, because Christ bore God's condemnation. Therefore, when this sacrifice was made, God was condemning the Son. He was cursing the son, which is why in Matthew 27, we read about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice,
1: Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani? That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So in this sacrifice, God was forsaking the son. Putting the sun under condemnation, turning the sun into a curse, and all the while pleased. This is the sweetest aroma I have ever known. Is that a contradiction, do you think? It is not. It is not. It is a mystery. And the mystery is this that God is able, for
0: our great salvation, God is able, in the moment
1: of the Son's greatest suffering and death, to look upon him as a curse because of our sins being counted as his, and as a condemnation,
0: and as forsaken, all of it so that we might be relieved of our forsakenness, our condemnation, our curse. And in the very act of that substitutionary condemnation or punishment, he knows and he sees, this is my son who is being perfectly obedient to me. And he cannot see that as anything other than infinitely beautiful and pleasing. God is able to look at Christ in both of those ways as he died. And it should be a part of our admiration for God, our love for God, our worship of God, that we know both things were happening when Jesus died for us. He was infinitely pleasing the Father, and he was coming under the Father's infinite condemnation all of it, so that we could be delivered and
1: forgiven and accepted and adopted as loved children.